0: Now, several of them have picked up clipboards from the uh, table in the narthex to, uh, to record some of what you hear God speaking to you today to remember and to share with others. Uh, if you're an adult and you didn't pick up a clipboard, that's understandable, but if you, you might hear God speaking to you as well. If you want to jot down a note about what God tells you today that you can share with someone who's not here, um, the cards in the pew racks are designed for that, and I would encourage you to use them and to share them with those uh, that God leads you to this week. Let us pray together. Lord God, in all that we do, in this time of worship, center us on your heart, center us on your word, center us on your life, that, uh, that the distractions that, that seek to pull us away from trusting in you might fade away with the truth that there is nothing that can separate us from your love. God, speak to our hearts today and make us more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Um, How do y'all feel about chaos? Uh, Anybody that feels like Chaos is my best friend. I, if, I, if it wasn't for chaos, I don't know what I would do with my life. That, that, that's the way we are. How many of you are like, I'm constantly trying to push down the chaos that is constantly coming into my life. And no matter how hard I try, it keeps coming back. But I just want to get rid of it. How many of you are in that camp? All right? Yeah. Yeah. Chaos surrounds us, doesn't it? It's always there. Um... Uh, it's not a matter of saying that uh, there will be a time when you won't have chaos. (laughs) I wish I could tell you that's the the word. Um, Maybe there is, um, you know, but not in this life. And so, in this life, there is always at least a measure of chaos. That shouldn't surprise us, really, um, after all, if you look at the very first chapter of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, uh, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. There was a, it, it, it talks about a, a formless, a dark and formless void. It actually doesn't say, uh, we often talk about God creating the universe out of nothing, um, when you read that first chapter of of Genesis, um, that's not really the way it's described. Um, everything is there; you just can't see what it is. It's like when God speaks. What He does is He separates. The first thing when it when it says God cre- and God created light, God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. Um, light comes into the darkness. And then the next thing that he does is he separates the waters, right? Because the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And it says he separates them. He divides them. He's creating um, some order out of chaos. Water was always an image of chaos for the... uh, for the Hebrew people, for the Israelite people, for uh, the, the folks that Jesus was hanging out with in his day, uh, water was an image of chaos. Remember the disciples when they were out on the sea, and the waves are tossing their boat all over the place, and they get afraid because of the chaos of the waves and, and they 're worried and they 're scared and they 're terrified, and they see this figure coming towards them on the water, and they think it 's a ghost, but it's, it turns out to be Jesus. Well, when Jesus steps. In into the boat, do you remember what word he says? Anyone remember? He says, what is it? I think I heard it. Peace. Yeah. Do you remember what the word peace is? When we say the word peace, we think the absence of conflict. Right? Um, everybody gets along. And, and that's not terrible. But the word for peace that Jesus would have spoken is shalom. And the understanding of shalom is that everything is in correct relationship with everything else. Shalom is not and is not a term that is about the presence or absence of anything. It's about putting things in order. It's about creating The right relationship with everything that is. And I mean that, everything that is. That's why you can have peace in the midst of the storm. You can have shalom in the midst of conflict. Why? There's still conflict there. How could you have shalom? How could you have peace? Because you have a right relationship to the conflict. To, this, to the things that are going on. Because it doesn't, uh, what would be the wrong relationship? We, we're more familiar with that sometimes. The wrong relationship to conflict in our life is when conflict overwhelms us and says, uh, I'm bigger than anything else in your life, and the only thing you need to pay attention to is this one thing, because until you get this thing fixed, uh, ain't nothing else in your life going to work. Um, is that ever true of the conflicts and the, and the struggles we have in life? Uh uh-uh, uh, not according to the scripture. This is connected to what Jesus was talking about today because the order of the world um, is also, and our relationship with God is present in in the very temple, the structures that we use to identify how God comes to us. And so for Jesus and his disciples, what was going on? They were in the temple. They've been in the temple for a while. Jesus has actually been causing a ruckus. He's been destroying everybody's peace and shalom and understanding of what this is supposed to be like because nobody gets this the way that Jesus does. And so he's he's trying to get them to see that it's not about all of the uh, sacrifices, or the work or their efforts or their, their, uh, uh, their actions or their understanding or, or how well they've built the building or any of that stuff. It is about coming into the presence of God and knowing that God Himself is present with you in this place. No matter what is going on around you, God has not abandoned you. Jesus has been pushing and pushing and pushing at this truth. For a people who don't want to see it. See, they're kind of like us. They are more comfortable with what we can see and hold and touch and hold on to and say, All right, I've got this. I've got it in my hand. And since I have it, I'm going to do everything I can to hold on to that. Because if I lose this, then what will happen? My life will fall apart. Jesus says that is not a thing that you can see and touch and hold on to. It's not a building that is around us. God has left the building. God is not confined to the space. And you say, well, that's really good news. Um, Yes, it is. Although we, like the disciples, are kind of troubled by that news, too, because uh, what do we depend on? I mean, even think about this. When, how often do you go through your week? And week after week, you're like, oh, I just can't wait to get back to God at the end of the week or the beginning of the week or however you think about it and have that moment of peace when I can be in the sanctuary and we can, we can gather around the table and Jesus can feed me with his body and blood. Oh, then this will be good. And as long as I know I can always go back there and get my Jesus, then I can survive all the rest of this. Right? There's no, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. That's true. That happens. But if our focus is only on Jesus being here... We are missing a huge part of what Jesus is doing. If our focus is only that Jesus is there for us when the word is good and people are smiling at us and God is saying, You are forgiven and whole, and uh, here, have some more of me because this is a blessing and everything's going to be just fine. And that works, and that's the only time we hear Jesus. And then when life is falling apart and things are going on, uh, then we throw up our hands and say, what? God, why have you abandoned me? Where are you now, God, when I need you? Because the answer to that is what? I'm right here. I'm right here with you. Because I'm not just stuck in the building. And so while that's really good news that God isn't stuck in the building because we need him everywhere that we go, the truth of the matter is there's a lot of times where I'd rather be able to leave God behind. Because when God is present in everything that I do, then who am I going to listen to? This is what Jesus wanted the disciples to understand because they, they were focused on the building, right? Well, if the building's going to get torn down, then, and that's the place that God dwells, then uh, we better know when that's going to happen. We want to know when that's going to happen because if we know when that's going to happen, then we know how to get ready and we know when to be there or when to not be there. <laughs> we can prepare ourselves in advance. Jesus says, Here's how you prepare in advance. It's happening all the time. It's happening in everything that happens to you. God is coming in every moment. And there will be signs all around you that tell you what? You need God. You need me. More than anything else. Jesus says it a little differently. He talks about... Uh, signs, right? We, we, we love talking about all these signs. Earthquakes, famines, plagues, wars, persecutions, all kinds of, uh, of disruption. And so we play the game of figuring out, um, of, of trying to figure out, well, which one was he talking about? Was Jesus talking about one war, one famine, one plague, one insurrection, one kingdom that we should pay attention to that kingdom and say, well, whenever they rise up, then we know we better get our act together. Is that what Jesus says here? Because that's the way in our own, in our own time, that's the way this has been captured. Well, Understand the sign so that you can point to the right one. And if you pick the right one, then you can get prepared. That is absolutely the opposite of what Jesus said. Jesus said, there will be, and then everything that he names is plural. Do you notice that? Nations will rise up against nations. Kingdoms will rise up against kingdoms. There will be wars, famines, earthquakes, And it will affect you, he says. It's not just going to happen to other people. It will affect you. You don't get to stay out of this. You are in this. Why? Because this is part of the world. And God is still doing what God has always been doing. He is creating order out of chaos. Because we know the chaos that is there. But we get caught up staring at the chaos when Jesus says, don't be terrified by that. Trust me, I'm with you in the middle of everything that is happening. There's some pretty awful stuff that Jesus names in this little passage for the disciples. Why does he name all that awful stuff? Because sometimes that awful stuff is what causes us to doubt that God is present with us. And Jesus wants us to know, uh uh-uh. In fact, he says, what Jesus says about them is amazing to me. What he says, and I tried to do this a little bit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this up a little bit. I'm gonna read it again. Because I want I want you to hear this. Because I think this is crazy. This is crazy amazing, is what it is. Jesus when he switches to talking about you, he says. But before this will all occurs they will arrest you they will persecute you they will hand you over to synagogues and prisons then you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name This will give you an opportunity to testify Do you hear it This will give you an opportunity an opportunity He doesn't say, he lists all these things that are not good, and what he says is, this gives you the opportunity you're looking for. Why? Because when everything is peace and comfy and hunky-dory, what do we do? We say, all right, now I can get on with my life. I can do things the way I want this is going really well. I hope I can keep this going. Sound familiar? It's all too familiar to me too. It's when things start to fall apart that I say different things like, help! God, I need you. Be with me. Help me to trust. Lead me. Show me where you are. It shouldn't be any surprise that God allows chaos to be part of our creation. It's been there from the start. The truth of the matter is that God's always been in it. We can't see how or why, but we are called to trust that He is. Called to have shalom. Because we trust God is in control. Even when we can't see it. We're called to have shalom because we trust God works for good. He promised in the, to the disciples, here, did you catch that promise? All the men in the in the congregation caught it. He said, not a hair of your head will perish. (laughs) We're like, yes! (laughs) All right. No, it's bigger than that. What he's telling us is there's nothing about you that I don't care about. There's nothing about who you really are that I don't care about. I won't let you. I won't let who you are pass away. And he, he, he doubles down on that. With the last word, that I think is such a beautiful word, by your endurance, you will gain your soul. That's not by your endurance you'll make it to heaven. No, soul. We talked about this in the adult class. If you missed it, it's because you didn't come to the adult class. You should start coming. Um, if you come to the, so what we talked about is uh, um, the word for soul is is a word for life. It's suke. It's where we get the word psyche. Our inner life. What Jesus says is by by going through this, God is forming who you are at your core. That doesn't say that you have to be all excited and and happy and look forward to to bad things happening in your life. No. But you can trust God that none of that gets at who you are when you trust in God. God will see you through. God knows every hair on your head. And by hanging with Him, enduring, staying with God, you become who God made you to be. We have shalom in the midst of chaos. Because the creation has always been chaos. And only God can bring it to order. May we trust Him. Not only in the building, but in all of life. Amen.